The Ed and Tom Show presents the Fantasy Island Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. going on i am tommy t your lord commissioner one half of the ed and tom show how are you guys doing this week i am doing great i'm finally off the schneid i've won my second matchup of the year wow look at me two wins in seven weeks that's horrible but anyway that was, I mean, that was good. I mean, it's good, right? It's good, right? That's right. Anyway, so yes, this is the Fantasy Island Boys Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Teats, the Ed and Tom Show, um, where I talk about absolutely nothing that anybody cares about except for 11 other dudes on this planet. <laughs> but you know what? It's awesome. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. And uh, how about, I mean, how about how about those games this week, man? Lots of rain. Lots of rain in Seattle. Lots and lots of rain in our nation's capital. Man, there were some nasty-ass games, uh, especially that Niners-Redskins game. Holy shit. No style points whatsoever for any team, but win at all costs. And that's what San Francisco does by that defense. Just hands down that defense. A couple of nice pass plays by Jimmy G to extend the play and get downfield. Um, and basically three field goals wins the game. And a missed field goal for Washington, the one and only time they got into any sort of scoring position, and they shanked it. But that football had to weigh like 15 pounds with all the water soaked into it. Props to those guys that can actually fucking come close to scoring when you're kicking a, a freaking wet-ass ball like that. And it had to be cold, too. So, cold and wet. Yucky! And then our boys, our, 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 our Seahawk boys, our Seahawk friends not having a good day watching the Baltimore Ravens destroy, not really destroy them, but uh, the score would indicate it was not a close game. But it was close. I, I feel it was closer than the game score. Um, was it 30 to 16 or some shit? But either way. Um, I think it was closer than the score dictated, um, but uh, yeah, Baltimore is pretty damn good, guys. Baltimore is pretty damn good. 
But uh, Niners will play them later on in the season. Uh, hopefully we can uh, stomp the proverbial mud hole in their asses. But uh, let's get into these fantasy matchups. Let's get into these fantasy matchups. Uh, since I already fucking uh, blew the top off of me winning, uh, I'm going to get into my matchup. The Untouchables take on the End Zone Maniacs, Tyler. But before I do that, I, I want to say I've been giving Jake a lot of uh, props for losing week one and then going on a, a fucking tear of uh, unbeaten streak. So um, Tyler also did exactly what Jake did, lost in week one. And then ripped off five in a row, just like Jake. Um, so Tyler, fucking was killing it this year. Was has been uh, just like he did almost last year. Went eleven and two. Um, he is now five and two. But uh, congratulations, T uh, Dog, for uh, for doing what most didn't think you could, but you couldn't beat your old man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Untouchables beat End Zone Maniacs. Move up to ninth place. That's a very anticlimactic headline. The Untouchables beat End Zone Maniacs and move into ninth place. Who gives a fuck about ninth place? No one. It's not 12th, but the Untouchables register the second highest score of the week to beat End Zone Maniacs, 122 to 93. The Untouchables took a 21.04 lead on Sunday afternoon and never looked back. This win was a revenge, uh, was revenge for a lost Endzone Maniacs in their meeting last season. To make matters worse, Endzone Maniac received no points from Marquise Goodwin's. Yuck. The Untouchables climb into ninth place and Endzone Maniacs step into second place. So even with the loss, Tyler goes up a spot. Tevin Coleman had plenty of chances for the Untouchables, but logged just 62 total yards on 22 points. Probably because it was a goddamn monsoon playing in an Olymp uh, 100-yard pool. While Nick Chubb led the Untouchables last week with 27.4 points, Waller paved the way this week with 28. It's probably because Nick Chubb was on a fucking bye. Anyway. The Untouchables face Fantasy John in Week 8, and Endzone Maniacs get game underscore blouses. Who is averaging a league-leading 133.88 points a game. We'll get into why that is here in a little bit, because uh, holy shit. Yeah, I, I did something and made like the perfect lineup this far. If you had were able to get all these people, you would be uh, undefeated. So, uh... Ouch. Let's do this here. So, uh, yeah. Um, Tyler, the injury, injury bug and bye weeks caught up to him. Uh, he had to start Marquise Goodwin um, and uh, two tight ends. And unfortunately, both his tight ends didn't score him, got him nine points exactly. George Kittle and Darren Fells, nine points, the exact amount Robbie Gold scored, and that's all the points San Francisco scored in that game in actual football. And then a goose egg for Marquise. 
Oh, boy. But I was worried. I was really worried because uh, Tevin Coleman didn't do much for me, of course. Like I said, played in a, a goddamn monsoon. Tyler Boyd, newly acquired Tyler Boyd, gets me seven points. It was like, oh, boy, what's happening here? Calvin Ridley only gets me five. But to no avail, the 49ers pull out 15 points for me. Kicker Zane Gonzalez gets me 10. And then uh, Derrick Henry goes for 17, a little over 17. DeAndre Hopkins finally, finally, thank God, shows up. First time he scored a touchdown since week one. Gets me a little over 21 points. And then newly acquired in a trade to Fantasy John, or excuse me, uh, and newly acquired First time I've been able to start him because he was on bye last week. Darren, the baller, Waller, goes for over 28 points. Two touchdowns. And coincidentally, one was called back. So the dude could have got three touchdowns on the day, but he gets two. So I'm not complaining. I am not complaining with a 20 point, 20 point, or excuse me, 28 point performance from my tight end I will take that any day but what got me concerned is Carson Wentz newly acquired in a trade between myself and fantasy John Carson Wentz uh under 12 points against Dallas very 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 disheartening I was the trade was to try and make him be my starter my absolute starter now, I am fucking on the fence between Wentz and Brissett every week. Jacoby Brissett. But, uh, man, but I, I actually thought I was still going to lose this matchup to Tyler because he has Deshaun Watson, Leonard Fournette, Jordan Howard does crap on Monday night. Tyler Lockett is super good. I did not think Tyler Lockett was going to have the season that he has had thus far. I truly thought um, another wide receiver, not DK, but uh, what's that other dude, David Moore? I thought David Moore was gonna be like the have a breakout season, uh, breakout uh, season this year. Uh, but Tyler Lockett is doing what Tyler Lockett is paid to do, and that is be exciting. And the dude is awesome. And then the Rams defense for Tyler, not almost twenty fucking points against Atlanta. But, yeah, I, I, I totally thought I was going to lose. But I pulled it out maybe next time, Tyler. Hopefully not. But uh, difference makers of this matchup brought to you by – who is this one brought to me by? Brought to you by – I don't give a – I don't know. Uh, so uh, Darren Waller is the uh, difference maker for the, for, uh, for the untouchable, scoring 28.1 points. This week was the second time this season Waller has eclipsed 100 yards receiving as he put up seven catches for 126 and two titties. Woo! The Los Angeles Rams are the difference maker for the end zone maniacs. The Rams defense, 10 points allowed, one touchdown, five sacks, one interception, two fumbles, and a partridge in a Bucking pear tree scored 19.44 points, the third highest score of a defense in the league this week. Ow! That's nuts that there's two other defenses that scored over 19 points. 
and the Niners were not one of them. But yeah, so yeah, good job, Tyler. Um, I mean, not good job, but uh, thanks for the uh, the the win. You didn't hand it to me. I had to earn that bitch. But only team I would have lost to this week was uh, somebody you would not think, and we'll talk about that later without b- blowing that one. So let's go on to the next matchup. Looks like Fantasy John takes on Powder in the Silent Killers. 112, yeah, 112 to 92. Fantasy John beats Silent Killers to capture seventh place. The first seed in the loser's bracket. A primetime rally on Sunday Night Football wasn't enough for Silent Killers as Fantasy John pulled out the 112-92 victory. The late efforts were ultimately a little underwhelming as their original Sunday Night projection was 49.73 points. Fantasy John was led by Dalvin Cook, imagine that, with 142 rushing yards and two titties. The Minnesota running back scored two touchdowns and provided 27 points on the total to the total. On top of the loss, Silent Killers had a starter score zero points. C.J. Uzoma. Ugh, gross. Fantasy John climbs into seventh, while Silent Killers drops to tenth. While Jameis Winston led Fantasy John weeks. That doesn't make any sense. While Fantasy John led. F- while Jameis Winston led Fantasy John Weeks, comma, that doesn't make sense to me at all. Cook has now been the team's high scorer in two of the past three matchups. Next week, Fantasy John takes on the Untouchables, and he's going to lose, while Silent Killer gets Freaks and Zeke. Oh, boy. So, yeah, Fantasy John starts Andy Dalton which is probably a good call. Um, Le'Veon Bell has some weird, I mean, he does, he has a little bit of success on the ground against New England. Dalvin Cook does Dalvin Cook things. So I have Dalvin Cook's backup on my roster. I refuse to give him up because Dalvin Cook, the history has shown Dalvin Cook is not going to finish the season. And I am fucking waiting and waiting. I'm just sharking. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. And the blood in the water. I'm just waiting for blood in the water. And I'm going to pounce on that shit. And Alexander Madison is going to be a star in this league. And Dalvin Cook is going to be held holding a bucket of chicken or something on the sideline. Just watching his job slip through his fingers. While he... Because they, they say injury is not supposed to uh, get... Uh, people kicked out but ask uh, Alex Smith about all that but uh we'll see um that yeah Dalvin Cook is looking real fucking good and uh he's the dude's the dude's awesome and then Allen Robinson finally has a day I th- if I'm if I'm not mistaken Allen Robinson probably has uh, a career day or not a career but a season high for this week nope nope I take that back Two weeks ago against Oakland, he had 25.2 points, 97 yards, and two two titties. So I I stand corrected. Uh, But either way, Allen Robinson usually doesn't have days like that. 
Kelsey brought back to earth and in a, in a, an injury mess in uh, what's what what place is that? Green Bay. Fantasy John starts Alan Lazard. Gets him five and a half points. Kymer Fairbairn, Kymie Kymie Fairbairn, the kicker for the Houston for Houston, gets him twelve fucking points. Not bad. Chargers don't even get you five. So yeah, I actually thought Powder was gonna pull this one out. Morty, uh, Dak Prescott, piece of shit. David Montgomery doesn't even get two points. Miles Sanders, underwhelming rookie, was very drafted way too high in many, 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 many fantasy drafts to include ours. Yeah, I think I think he was drafted in ours. I'm pretty sure he was, but probably way too soon. And Amari Cooper does well. Stephon Diggs does well again. A goose egg for C.J. Uzoma because uh, he's a backup tight end in Jacksonville. But it, it is hit or miss on tight ends this year and most every year. Unless you got one of the top three, four, five, it's a sh- fucking crapshoot. Terry McLaurin was probably the sit of the week in most cases for wide receivers was like, hey, don't fucking play this guy against San Francisco, especially in that rain. But uh, Powder says, fuck you guys. I'm going to start him. And uh, he gets him 1.6 points. Greg DeLay gets him 15, and Jaguars defense gets him under 50, just under 15 points. So, not a bad outing, but yet again, did not score 100 points. Um, two out of the three teams, or excuse me, one, two, three, four, five, out of five, four out of the five teams that did not eclipse 100 points this week lost. And we'll get into the next match. Oh, nope, 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 nope. Difference Makers brought to you by... I don't know. I have to get better at this. Uh, I, I, I didn't even do research anything to talk about here. But uh, anyway, difference makers for fantasy. John Allen Robinson, like we said, with 19.7 points, Robinson tallied the fifth highest score for a wide receiver this week. Not bad. And then for Powder and the Silent Killers, Jacksonville's Jag, the Jacksonville defense had 14.6 points, 17 points. Points allowed, one titty, two sacks, three interceptions, one fumble. The Jaguars defense tallied the sixth highest score of the defense for a defense this week. Not too shabby. But uh, better luck to you next week, silent killers. That is, you and I have the same, uh, same record. You beat me. But I'm ahead of you. I don't know why. Uh, probably points four. Yeah, that's probably exactly what it is. It's points four. All right. Next matchup. Two teams that underperform. Uh, both of them under 100 points. But there has to be a winner. Has to be a winner. And this team, who has yet to win a game this season, is still got a goose egg in that W column. And Rudy Rudiger's Renegades, El Jefe sucks the tit of, god damn it, I just spilled water. Oh, I just spilled water on my desk. Not good with all this electric, 
electronic equipment up here, oh boy. Stand by. Standing by. Uh, I should have paused it, but oh well. All right, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Everything good? Check, 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 check. Chickity check. All right, we're good. Uh, get rid of that water real quick. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. All right. Uh, Jeff cannot pull out the win against an underperforming Hawkamaniacs. Dale has to be, be reeling after this week, but I'm not really reeling, but uh, he, he had a few guys on by, I guess, but nothing nothing bad. I mean, he did have to start Cole Beasley. But anyway, we'll get into it. Hawkamaniac picks up win against Rudy Rudiger's Renegades and Nab's first place. Hawkamaniac beat Triple R 95-79. to There were... L- they were led by the Baltimore Ravens defense with 18 points and Michael Thomas, who scored 17. Hawkamaniac took command of the matchup first with an eight and a half to three point lead heading into Sunday. That advantage disappeared by the end of the early Sunday games and they trailed by 22 points. However, following the late Sunday game, Hawkamaniac regained the lead for good. There was one notable player on Hawkamaniac that let some chances slip through his hands. Despite being targeted eight times, Mark Andrews could only manage two catches. Dude, if you guys saw that, I'm sure a lot of you guys did. Mark Andrews dropped fucking everything. Everything except for two catches. But Jesus Christ, I was like, oh my God, how can you drop it? Are 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 you secretly... Like one of Pete Carroll's gay lovers, because uh, it, it's like, why are you doing these? A lot of these balls are easily caught, and you're dropping them, Mark Andrews, sure-handed Mark Andrews. There for a while, one of the top three tight ends in fantasy football this season. Wow. While Russell Wilson led Hawkamaniac with 32 points this week, in week six, the Ravens defense paced the squad with 18. Ooh, that's a hell of a drop. In week eight, Hawkamaniac plays Hail Mary Jane while Rudy Ruger's Renegades matches up against You Are My Beloved. I think that's Ed. Changes his name almost every fucking week. Hard to keep track of, but uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson... 17 points against Matthew Stafford's 37 and a half. That's pretty good. You think it's going pretty well here. Joe Mixon gets 6.9 against Mark Ingram's five. Philip Lindsay gets three. Wah, wah, wah. Frank Gore seven. So you think, hey, hey, Rudy's Rudy Rudiger's gonna get gonna get the first one of the year, and then Muhammad Sanu recently traded to New England Sanu. Point eight points. Cole Beasley for Buffalo gets nine. So it's like, okay, what's happening here? Uh, Dale Dale's coming back in there. Dale could potentially be coming back into this thing. Keenan Allen eight points. Michael Thomas seventeen. There it is. 
taking the lead. Jason Witten, five for Hefe. Mark Andrews, four, all those drops. Oh, there's some, there's some, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. But then this guy in Jeff's flex position. And there is a lot of things on the interweb that are cursing the Arizona Cardinals in a bad way. It's like a lot of people are fucking angry on the information that they withheld about David Johnson. David Johnson was said, oh, he's going to be fine. He's going to start. And then, boom, the game starts. And they're like, "Um, David Johnson has, what, two carries, I think? A carry? Something like that? 0.2 points for David Johnson. While Emmanuel Sanders, newly acquired by the San Francisco 49ers, played for the, the, the Broncos this past week, eight and a half points. Justin Tucker goes off for 12 points against the Seahawks, Prater seven, and then Baltimore's defense, bam, 18 points. Putting the nail in the coffin, that would be Hefe's first victory of the week. Man, I really, 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 really feel for you, Hefe. Really fucking feel for you. It's gonna be very. It's gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna be happy that it's not me in there. But it's like fuck. I'm almost feel sorry for Hefe having to wear that. That that disgusting, grumpy bear costume next season if things continue the same course that he is on right now. <laughs> oh boy the difference makers Matthew Stafford for Triple R Stafford went 30 for 45 364 yards and four titties the first time he's thrown for 350 since he had 385 against Arizona in week one Baltimore Ravens for Hawkamaniac. The Ravens defense, 16 points allowed, two titties, one sack, one interception, one fumble. Scored 18.16 points, the fourth highest score of any defense in the league this week. Dale fucking, Dale's doing it, man. Dale is doing it. I mean, he's number one in the league, six and one on a five-game winning streak which I believe now is possibly the hottest team in the FIB right now. Dale doing what Dale does, and that is win in the FIB. Um, What the fuck are we going to do about it, guys? Because this was the week to play Dale. This was the week to play Dale. But nobody, but one person this year, I can't remember who it was, can beat him. It wasn't Joey, I know that. <laughs> All right, hey, congratulations, Dale. Hold and on. better luck to you next week, dear Hefe. Um, you have a losing streak of seven. Uh, carry the one. Yep, that is, uh, uh, you haven't won a game. Next, the next mass up, mass, mass up, mass up. <laughs> the next matchup was uh, he changed his name, so I can't read that. So, all right. Ed versus Brent, basically. Behind three big performance, you are my B-lover, Spanks, re-kit my Kamara. With the trimaliverate 
Trimiv what the fuck? NFL.com. What are you doing putting big words in here like that? You know I don't fucking know how to say this, and I think you yeah, you know that. Triumvirate T-R-I-U-M-V-I-R-A-T-E. I'm not stupid, but this word does not feel like it should be put here. Uh, the triumvirate of Aaron Rodgers, Chase Edmonds, and Sony Michelle leading the charge. You are my bee lover. Humiliated. Rekip my Kamar 153 to 77. So triumph. Uh, tr- why don't you just, just say trio? The trio of Aaron Rodgers, Chase Edmonds, and Sony Michelle. They all three combined for 109 points. That threesome alone surpassed the total of Reek Hit My Kamara. Rodgers passed for five touchdowns, accounting for 53.76 points. Meanwhile, Edmonds came through with three touchdowns, and Michelle scored three touchdowns. So holy farging shit, Rodgers also recorded the highest point total of the league this season with Edmund tallying his highest point total ever in his entire career as a fantasy football or a football player. Fantasy stats, no way he has ever had anything higher than that. So uh, you are my B-lover had the highest score of the week as well as the second biggest margin of victory in the season in the league this season. The margin could have been larger as you are be lover had a starter score zero points. So even with all of that, Luke double L Wilson tight end for the Seahawks. Zero fucking points. Rekip my Kamara drops to eighth place while you are my B lover remains in 11th place. There were a few players in this matchup that had plenty of chances but didn't capitalize on opportunities. On the losing side, Marlon Mack and Carlos Hyde got 33 total touches but only tallied 91 all-purpose yards between them. For you are my bead lover, Todd Gurley just managed 54 yards on 19 touches. Rodgers has now led you are my be- you are my bead lover in scoring Rodgers has now led uh, Ed in scoring in back-to-back weeks for three of the last four. In week eight, Ed faces the last place team in the league, Hefe, and B-Lover takes on Jake and the Pink Eye Slayers, who has averaged a stout 131 this season. Kyler Murray goes for six, less than seven points. Well, I know it was probably a reach. He's like, you know what? Okay. Kyler Murray, hot offense. <coughs> Excuse me. Kyler Murray, hot offense. A number one overall pick against the Giants defense. You know what? I'm going to take a chance. I'm, I've been losing some games. I'm going to bench Tom Brady and go forward. It doesn't matter if he started Kyler Murray or uh, Tom Brady, he was going to lose this matchup. So, and I feel he knew his team was going to underperform this week, and uh, especially with Kamara being out. But he did have his backup in Latavius Murray, who almost scored 30 fucking points. 30 fucking points. That is amazing. And in that entire 
in that entire uh, recap, not once did they mention Latavius Murray or Alvin Kamara being out or anything. They didn't touch that. So this is a big this is a big deal for Belover with uh, one of his keepers being out, but getting Latavius Murray, which I feel like I probably should have kept him. I picked him up in a defensive move when I was playing him because I knew uh, what's-his-face was going to be hurt. Uh, Kamara was going to be hurt, so I picked him up in a defensive move and then dropped him right before our matchup started so where he couldn't be picked up before he played me. 29.5 points by Latavius Murray. Good job there. But Carlos Hyde sucks dick. Marlon Mack sucks dick. Tyreek Hill had 14.9. Michael Gallup sucks dick. Evan um, Ingram, oh, sucked again. Jake Elliott, four points. Green Bay Packers, only five points. So, yeah, with just Tyreek Hill and Latavius Murray, there's no way you were going to surmount Aaron Rodgers 53 fucking points Sony Michelle almost 22 and then Chase Edmonds comes out of nowhere Ed I have no idea why he's like you know what maybe DJ's hurt against the Giants because there was nothing pointing to Chase Edmond having this sort of type of day other than it was going to be a split care uh, like a running back by committee because the Arizona Cardinals say David Johnson's going to play. So if you have David Johnson and he's playing, you got to start him. So good on Ed for having the wherewithal to put in Chase Edmonds and the dude goes for 34 fucking points. Damn. And then that Giants defense that everyone's like, oh, shit, you're going to go against the Cardinals. 13 points for that Giants defense. So Ed having the fantasy is fan uh, the best the best score he has had probably in like five years this week against B lover to finally get off the losing streak and get to two and five difference makers of this matchup chase Edmonds for Ed the best score by a running back this week has 34 points by Edmonds 126 on the ground and three titties Latavius Murray for for B lover Murray had 27 carries for a season high 119 yards and two titties so yeah better things are probably coming your way B lover I hope not because I need to uh, surpass you I will surpass you I will get out of this loser's bracket and claw and scratch my way into the playoffs. I have to. I just have to. And on to the next. Hail Mary Jane takes on game underscore blouses. Game underscore blouses comes back strong on Hail Mary Jane moves to fourth place place game underscore blouses trashed hail mary jane 115 to 74 led by austin eckler with 22 points and the new england patriots defense who had 21 game underscore blouses struck first and by sunday was already ahead nine to zero that advantage evaporated by the end of the early sunday games and they trailed by f- almost six points 
Game underscore blouses then secured the victory with a comeback on Monday evening. There was one player on Hail Mary Jane who wasn't fully in tune with his QB. Despite being targeted 10 times, Gerald Everett only caught that motherfucker four times. Damn. While Josh Jacobs led game underscore blouses in week five and Patty Mahomes in week six, Eckler has now been the team's leading point getter twice in the last four weeks. In week eight, game underscore blouses will face end zone maniacs and Hail Mary Jane plays first place Hawkeye maniacs. So, Chano, it is on you to take Dale down. It is all on you. So let's look at all the ways Chano fucked up. All right. Matt Ryan gets hurt, leaves with less than five points. Patty Mahomes, who gets hurt, dislocated kneecap. Oh, God, it looked bad. It looked super bad when uh, watching it on Thursday night. Exits with less than 10 points. Jamal Williams does good things for Chano. But Carrion Johnson does not, who is now on IR. Austin Eckler does great things for game underscore blouses. Because Austin Eckler, it's got to be, what's his fucking face? Uh, Melvin Gordon. He's got to get the fuck out of the way. He's just got to get out of the way. Somebody's going to trade for him or he's going to whatever. He's he's just got to get traded because Melvin Gordon is not good on this team. He could potentially be good elsewhere, but I don't feel he is an every down back anymore. The dude is... Yeah, the dude is too hurt. He gets hurt way too often. And uh, not that he's hurt now. It's just he's not. I don't feel he's in football shape. Josh Jacobs does good things going uh, just under 15 points for Joey. But then, all right, let's look at Chano's wide receivers. Taylor Gabriel and Nelson Aguilar. Four and a half points combined. Yuck. Joey, Julian Edelman, and T.Y. Hilton. 26.6 points combined. Gerald Everett, even though only caught four passes, got 13 points. Zach Ertz for Joey, under five. Yuck. Saquon Barkley back in the lineup for Chano. So this is good. This is good. He's only going to get better. 15 and a half points. Will Lutz, 10. He's an absolute monster at the kicker position. 10 points. And the Bears defense, almost 14. But New England Patriots defense are scoring every week like a top tight end. Uh, like a, a top flex play. It's it's like having two flex positions for Joey. So, Joey, yes, you should be winning with that defense. So, uh, congratulations on destroying Chano. Chano's just trying to find the right pieces of the puzzle, but half of them are underneath your couch, and the other half you're probably chewing on because you think they're fucking Cheetos. Just kidding, Chano. That was that was mean. <laughs> Difference makers for Hail Mary Jane. Gerald Everett with 13 points, 50 receiving yards, and one touchdown. The sixth highest score of any tight end in the league this week. Austin Eckler is Joey's difference maker with 22 points. His This week was good enough to rank 
fifth among running backs. So, yeah, good job, Austin Eckler and Joey. Um, so, Chano, you got a tall order against uh, Hawkamaniac next week. You better, uh, you better fucking come with it, man. Do not fucking sleep on Sunday. I'm telling you. The next matchup, Freaks and Zeke against the Red Hot Pink Eye Slayers. How does this one turn out? How does this one turn out? Freaks and Zeke gets late victory over the Pink Eye Slayers, relieves them from first place. Damn. Freaks and Zeke got the win against Pink Eye Slayers, 117 to 107 in a back and forth matchup. They were led by Kirk Cousins, 37 points off of his four passing touchdowns, and Zeke Elliott, who scored 23 going into uh, scored 23 going into Sunday. The Pink Eye Slayers was already ahead, 12 to 11. The advantage evaporated. Man, can you imagine that? A one point lead evaporated. At the the advantage evaporated by the end of the early Sunday games, and they trailed by 17 after the late Sunday games. They led the lead changed again, and they went ahead 107 to 94. However, by the end of the Eagles Cowboys game on Sunday night, Freaks and Zeke took the lead for good. Carson had plenty of opportunities for the Pink Eye Slayers, but could only manage 74 total yards on 24 touches. Cousins has now led Freaks and Zeke in scoring in back-to-back weeks. Freaks and Zeke gets powder in the Silent Killers next week, while Pink Eye Slayers battles B-Lover and re-hit my Kamara. So, damn. The hottest team in the league, first place, drops to fifth place at 5-2. and two. First to fifth. I mean, still, still five and two. Nothing to, nothing to, uh, nothing to hang your head about. But damn, man, Butters, man, Butters is clawing his fucking way back. He was at the bottom of the league. Now he's number three at five and two. That is pretty damn good. Kurt Cousin goes off against the Lions, almost forty fucking points. Lamar Jackson held a little bit in check, not putting up a lot of numbers like he's used to, he still gets a little over 23 points against the Seahawks. Uh, Devonta Freeman punches Aaron Donald in the face and gets ejected from this game and only scores three and a half points. Aaron Jones does really well with 16. Zeke Elliott scores 23. Fuck the Cowboys. Carson, Chris Carson underperforms and doesn't even get nine points. Man. Cooper Cup does all right. Julio Jones for Pink Eye Slayers is, is okay. Julio Jones has been one of those guys you don't really hear a lot about this season. It's very weird. Very fucking weird. And DJ Chark comes back to fucking reality and doesn't have a monster game. And the number one tight end in our league, Austin Hooper for Jake's Pink Eye Slayers, goes for 12. It just, yeah, this was this was closer. It's closer than you would think. It's only a ten, a ten point loss for, for Jake, but it all adds up here. It all adds up. 
A loss is a loss. A win is a win. Congratulations, Butters. Can you do it again? Did I just make a rhyme and I didn't even mean to? <laughs> All right. Difference makers. Kirk Cousins for, for Butters. 337 passing yards and four titties. Cousins has thrown for at least 300 yards and four titties in each of his last two games. Lamar Jackson. Pink Eye Slayers, difference maker. In each of his last four games, Jackson Jackson has thrown for under 250. It has been since week three against Kansas City Chiefs that he's topped that mark with 267. So he's a difference maker. And why are they pointing out something negative here? Huh? What? what? Why negative? Why is it got to be negative here? Huh? I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me. Does not make sense to me. But anyway... There it is. Those are our matchups. So let's get on. What are the what? What's happening next week? What is happening next week? Uh, so we already know that Chano faces uh, Hawkamaniac. The Untouchables face off against Fantasy John. The Pink Eye Slayer. Okay, let, let me. Do, I predict I will beat John. Of course I will. Uh, the Pink Eye Slayers versus Rekit My Kamara. I'm gonna have to go with Jake on this one. Uh, just the the points are not coming for for uh, for B Lover like they have in the past. And game underscore blouse is against T Dog and the Unzone Maniacs. This one I have to give the nod. Give the nod to T Dog. I feel that his team is going to come back around, and uh, I feel Kittle is going to have a big game against the Panthers defense. I feel Deshaun Watson is going to have a fucking heyday against uh, whoever the hell they're playing. I can't remember, but I know that defense is not good. Maybe the Jets, I think it is. Uh, but, yeah, either way, I feel T-Dog is going to be victorious, and it won't even be close. Uh, Dale versus Chano. I, man, I really want to pull for Chano on this one, and I feel Dale, I feel Dale is going to win. On. But I am pulling for Chano just because I want first place to lose. Powder versus Freaks and Zeke. Damn. I'm pulling for you, Powder. I really fucking am. Freaks and Zeke is on a tear right now. Yeah, you got to stop him. You got to stop him. Hefe versus Ed. I pick this is the week that Hefe excuse me, comes off the schneid. And gets the first win of the season. You've heard it here first. Ed loses to Hefe. And Hefe gets goes to 1-7 and seven on the year. That is my prediction for this year. So, number one in the league is Hawkamaniac. Number two is Game underscore Blouses. Damn. Number three in the league is Freaks and Zeke. Four belongs to, uh, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me restart here. Restart. Restart. <laughs> All right. Number one in the league is Dale in Hawkamaniac. Number two in the league is Endzone Maniacs. Number three in the league, Freaks and Zeke. Number four is Game underscore Blouses. Five Pink Eye Slayers, six in Hail Mary Jane in the last spot of the winner's bracket. 
Seventh place goes to Fantasy John. Eighth, Rekit My Kamara. Nine, yours truly, Tommy T. And ten belongs to Silent Killers. Eleven is Edward. And twelve is Hefe. So that is our that is our standings. So let's get into the money. Let's get into the money breakdown. So the breakdown of money is highest week one score stays with Brent for his week three performance, 167.74 points. Closest marginal loss still belongs to Brent for his .44 loss to Butters in week five. And the highest single active player belongs to Ed now, who he, for this past week, Aaron Rodgers, for scoring 53.76 points. The league MVP has changed again. It is now Lamar Jackson, who belongs to Jake with 202.6 points. And a team performance for total points on the season changes again. It goes back to Joey. 923.16 points. That is the money breakdown thus far. So what I did here, I want to just uh, go off into a little tangent, is I made the perfect lineup thus far. The perfect lineup. Uh, quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Running back, Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. Wide receivers, Michael Thomas and Chris Godwin. Tight end, Austin Hooper. Flex play, Austin Eckler. Kicker, Justin Tucker or Greg Zerline. And defense, New England. So just to put it in perspective how many fantasy points New England's defense is scoring, they have scored 138.8 points all season. The second place defense in fantasy scoring in the FIB is San Francisco with 83.6. That is almost 55 and a half point difference. That is ridiculous. 55 point difference between first and second place when it comes to fantasy defenses. Ridiculous. But so yeah, so Jake, Dale, John, Dale, Chano, Jake, Joey, Jeff, Joey own all those players in our and they are in tops in our league. So we have Jake, who is number five now, who was who has been number one. Dale, Dale, who is number Hold one. On. John, who is uh, number seven, but that was just Dalvin Cook. Um, yeah, Chano's he's he's in the winners bracket and he's got the number uh, number two wide receiver in all of the league. Jake's got number one quarterback, number one tight end. Joey's got the number one flex play, which is Austin Eckler, which I think is the number three fantasy running back in the FIB. And kickers, Jeff and Powder, Tucker and Greg the Leg, which don't fucking mean shit. Joey, who is in the winner's bracket, has the number one fantasy defense, which I feel is going to come back to earth soon because... uh, uh, the play, I know they have to play the teams that are put in front of them, but they've had the, through seven weeks. They've played the Jets twice. They've played the Browns, and they've played uh, the Dolphins and a bunch of other teams that are underperformers. I don't think I don't think New England's played a team that with a winning record. Uh, 
I don't. I, I truly don't. Um, and Well, no, and I take that back. The Bills. They played the Bills. The Bills have a winning record, and their only loss is the Patriots. Um, and they almost lost to the Bills. So, yeah, that was one of the day, well, that was one of the the days where the New England defense did not do so hot or as hot, I should say. So, so yeah, let's uh, let's not crown them just yet. Just like don't crown the 49ers just yet. We just need to make the playoffs. That's it. That's it. NFC West, number one goal. Number NFC West. If not, wild card. Get to the fucking playoffs. That's it. That's all. That's what we should be focused on. Then the rest will come. So that's that. So uh, that is FIB week seven in a nutshell. Uh, in a nutsack, <laughs> if you will. But uh, yeah, just a reminder, October 29th is the NFL trade deadline, which is also the FIB trade de- deadline. A lot of people don't like that, but none of you guys are fucking trading anyway. So uh, just remember, no trades accepted after the 29th of October. No trades after the 29th of October. Again, something that needs to change, or if it is something that needs to change, I should say, we need to talk about it and vote upon it as a league. We're all grown-ups. We'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, so as of right now, league uh, trade deadline is October 29th. We voted on it. Still, that's what it is. Again, October 29th, trade deadline. So, (sighs) all right. So uh, that, it has been a week. I am happy to be on the winning side. And all the rest of you can uh, try better. Or <laughs> try better, <laughs> do better. But anyway, this is it. Is, has been a Teats production, the Fantasy Island Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. I am one half of the Ed and Tom Show. Your Lord Commissioner, Tommy T. You all can go. Oh uh, wait, can you? Yep, yep. You all can go. Fuck yourselves. <laughs> I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard I wish I had a better voice to sing some better words I wish I found some chords in an order that is new I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sang I was told when I get older all my fears would shrink But now I'm insecure and I care what people think My name's Blurry Face and I care what you think My name's Blurry Face and I back time to the good old days when the mama sang us to Young. How come I'm never able to identify where it's coming from? I'd make a candle out of it if I ever found it Try to sell it, never sell out of it, I probably only sell one 
Maybe to my brother, cause we have the same nose Same clothes, homegrown, a stone's throw from a creek we used to roam But it would remind us of when nothing really mattered Out of student loans and treehouse homes, we all would take the ladder